With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reminder, every episode of this podcast premieres live on AMP, so download the app, subscribe to me, at Richard Sherman, to tune in to all of our shows live. The volume. You know this, sir. You fall for these jokes. You don't. Super Bowl championship. That should always be the expectation. I ain't mad at you. Go ahead. Welcome back to the Richard Sherman Podcast. I got one of my favorite guys on today, Defoe. How you been, brother? I've been good, you know. Uh, just out here grinding. I'm, like I told you, I'm out here in Greenville, South Carolina. I was training out at Clemson, so, you know, it's just just another offseason. Yeah, yeah, with all the big dogs. Well, I see in your <laughs> offseason, you and Kittle won, won beer Olympics. I was like, come on now, always competing, I see. Yeah, you know, got to compete some way, somehow. George, George <laughs> hit, me, hit me up a couple months ago. He was like, hey, bro, you know, you want to join me in this beer Olympics? I said, no. I said, just tell me the date and the time, and I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> what were the events? So we started off with a little... Uh, a beer chug, uh, a boot chug, uh, dust boot. And that was the one I was worried about for real. I was like, I can't chug beer like that. You know, right, that's not right. me. Right. You know, that's not me. So we started off with that the, the, to get the seating. You know, it was the combined times from the teams. And uh, we ended up being the seventh seed after that. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I held the team back on that one. You know, that was, <laughs> uh, it was all me. That was all me. But I made up for it. We had flip cup next. You know, me and Kittle, we... We tore that up. We won the whole thing. And then uh, the next was beer pong. We we got out in, like, the second round of beer pong, you know. Uh, that was supposed to be our strongest event. And, uh, you know, just – it was tough. You dropped the ball. But, uh, the next one was beer ball. We dropped the ball. We dropped the ball. I, I dropped the ball. I'll be honest. Beer ball, I brought it back, you know, held it down for the squad. We won the whole thing. And then, you know, we had that whole relay against – Against uh, Taylor and uh, Will, and you know we took the, we took it home. We took the trophy home, baby. See, see, it kind of sounds like y'all upset the field. You know, seven C coming up all the way back. A lot of adversity, underdogs. You know, a lot of adversity. You know, a lot, a lot of. But we love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It had to be fun to, to to hang out with the guys, though. Oh yeah, it was a lot of fun, especially hanging out with Kiddo again. You know how George is, man. You know he's he's always a good time. So it was it was nice being able to reconnect after the past year. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it looked fun. It looked a lot of fun. I saw some of the pictures yeah. and videos. So a lot of people don't notice about you, but you were a hooper, a legit hooper. Yeah. Gatorade player yeah, of the yeah. year in Hawaii. 
So why why didn't <laughs> yep. you go hooping? Nah, yeah. So that was man, I I loved football. I mean basketball. Basketball was like my that was like my first love for real. My dad, you know, my dad put me on. He was a big hooper back in the day, his day. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, man, I mean, just the the way everything t- turned out back home in Hawaii, football, you know, that's everything. And uh I ended up actually getting hurt going into my junior year for basketball. I was getting some looks at uh, out in Vegas. You know, my AU team was going to go out there and compete. And I ended up getting hurt before the trip. Uh, so, you know, I didn't really get any, any looks. And, you know, nobody's really going out to Hawaii to recruit. It's a good thing I focused on football because everything turned out the way, you know, everything turned out the way it's supposed to. Oh, no question. And no question about that. So, yes, so. Do you oh, think yeah. you would have went to Oregon if you were born somewhere else? Because I know there's a big Oregon fan base in Hawaii. So did that yeah. did that influence your decision going there? Most definitely. Uh, you know, just being being from Hawaii, uh, I just wanted to make sure that my family was, you know, it was easy for them to get to my games and little things like that. So staying on the West Coast was big for me. I never left the Rock before, so it was definitely going to be a challenge. I knew I was going to get homesick at some point. And I definitely did back, back at Oregon, but I, I was lucky. I had, you know, I had Marcus. I had uh, a couple of my guys from Hawaii, Bronson, um, Koa, and a bunch of other guys on the team that, you know, helped me kind of get through that homesickness, you know, because, uh, you know, I had a bunch of guys from Hawaii with me. So it, it all worked out. I understand that. I, I I would appreciate that too. You know what I mean? You got to have some, some sense of family. Um, right. What other big offers were you considering? Man, I was, it was all really in the Pac-12. It was, uh, I had UCLA, Cal, it was uh, Washington, uh, Washington State, who else? Utah, Colorado, and then uh, obviously I had Hawaii. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was about it. Oh, Arizona, you, Arizona State. Did you ever consider going to UH? I might, you know, my it had to cross you. It had to cross your mind. It was. It was a, a little bit, and it was actually, UH was actually my last offer, which wow. is crazy. Uh, yeah, that was my last offer. But, uh, yeah, I mean, my my entire life, though, like growing up there, um, my whole entire upbringing, I wanted to get off the island. You know, I wanted to take experience something else. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, growing up there 18 years, I mean, you kind of end up knowing a lot of people, everybody, you know what I mean? So, right, right. you know, everybody kind of knows everybody back home. So I was just like, you know, I want to, I want to venture out and kind of do my own thing and you know Oregon was just like I went on my visit there and it was like you know I actually had five visits set up after my senior season Oregon was the first visit I had five weeks in a row I was going to go on a whole you know university tour type deal and Oregon was number one and that was my last trip I mean (laughs) after that trip I was like I'm done I'm set I love it that was it I love it. I love it. That's a guy. I mean, obviously a great decision. It yes, worked sir. out. Then you get to the Niners, which is yeah. still West Coast. And you, you, you're yes, feeling sir. good. Uh, I know your family hype. Oh, man. Like, I had a, I had so many family that were Niner fans before, you know, I even got there. So they, you know, they were all hype. So I decided to stay, uh, stay in Hawaii for the draft. You know, I got invited to the draft and everything. But I was like, man, I got to, I got to. They only told me you can only bring so many people. And I was like, man, I got a lot more people than this. Who's helped me, you know, who's helped me to get to that moment. And I wanted to share that moment with everybody, you know, that's helped me along the way. And, you know, with my family, my friends. So, I mean, I threw threw, through this whole draft party and everything back at one of my my friend's uncle's restaurants. So it was, that was a lot of fun, man. I I just, I was just hoping that I was getting took on the first day. 
because I would have been bad. You know, you throw this whole, you see it all the time, you throw this whole party and everything. And then, you know, you just, you, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And luckily, I didn't have to wait too long. Was you did have to wait. So that was, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> you, you didn't wait long. Did you? <laughs> you yeah, was gone. yeah, no, no, not long. Yeah. Well, obviously, you've had a great career in the league. You know, we got a chance to run to that Super Bowl together. Um, that was a special season. I felt like, you know, I thought that was yeah, one of my was. more fun seasons of, of my career. What What did you feel yeah. about that season and that team? Man, hands down, the greatest team I've been a part of. Just from top to bottom, man, like the organization, the culture that we built there, um, man, it was just everybody had each other's backs, man. You know, it was, it was, it was crazy. And when there was times where we did have a little adversity, nobody pointed fingers, everybody just looked at each other like, man, how can, how can I get better? You know right. what I mean? And that was the amazing part about it. You know what I'm saying? And there was, sure, we had the top, one of the top defenses in the league. And sure, there was games where we struggled. I mean, right. I, I always remember that, that New Orleans game, man. Oh. For me, it was, oh. a, it was not a defensive game. It was a straight <laughs> offense. You know, and then that was one of those games where we needed the offense to show up, and Jimmy and the offense showed up. You know, they we just kept battling, and then and going earlier in the season. You know, we playing Pittsburgh at home, and our offense turns the ball over five times in our own red zone. And you know, we defense got to get back on the field. Like, hey, come on, need another stop. We held them all, all, all the five turnovers. We held them to to field goals. You know what I mean? And like, it's just. Little things like that where, you know, once I wasn't clicking, like, hey, bro, don't worry. We got your back. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's just that, yeah, that special bond that we all had, but like on and off the field, which was which was the biggest thing. And that's what I, I try to do, you know, when I came to the coaches, like the off the field stuff, you know, going to, going to those dinners and, you know, having guys over the house, you know, building those relationships. Because when you're on the field, it's something special. You know, those relationships that you've built off the field, you know, when you get on the field, you just, you go even that much harder for each other. You know what I'm saying? I just mm -hmm. feel like that's the season where it all came together and we really did that for each other. Yo, no question. I still, I, I think that's still one of the most silly D lines I've ever seen, you know, put together. <laughs> yeah. you know? No, I definitely. think once yeah, it's all absolutely. said and done, people go look at that D line, like, how did y'all yeah. do this? And there's a sick part about it is, man, like, not finishing it, man. Oh. You know, getting all the way there. Obviously, you know how it feels to get the job done and to not get the job done. That's the hardest part because nobody, nobody's really going to remember how historical right. that that team was, that D line was to right. be a part of. Like nobody remembers second place. That's, no, that's, that's the hardest part, man. No, yeah, that's tough. I, I ain't seen that tough. NFC Championship ring since. <laughs> I feel that, brother. I feel that. Man. Oh, man. The new Gran Turismo movie is based on a true story of a teen's journey from video game player to real life racer. The movie follows Jan Martinborough, a construction worker from Wales, who, through his skills on Gran Turismo, the video game, broke into the elite world of professional motorsports. Jan receives the chance of a lifetime when Nissan and Sony host a competition to identify the best GT players and give them a shot at racing in real life. Doubted by his family, his fellow racers, and even his coach, Jan is an unlikely outsider trying to change the game and break into an exclusive and incredibly dangerous sport. If he can find a way to win, he will change the game 
or ever. This state-of-the-art movie recreates some of the most famous and dynamic racing competitions in the world in breathtaking sequences that need to be seen on the big screen. You can't just watch it in your living room. Directed by Neil Blomkamp, the visceral action, sounds, and the thrills of the racetrack were brought to life using actual Nissan GTs, drones, and practical effects, all shot with the most sophisticated technology and advanced cameras. The racing sequences were so realistic that Jan Martinborough himself actually served as a stunt driver for the film. The movie features an incredible cast led by David Harbour alongside Orlando Bloom, Jamon Hansu, Jerry Hollowell Horner, and Archie Madikwe as Dan Mattenborough. Gran Turismo is exclusively in theaters August 11th. Get your tickets today. Rated PG-13. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. So how's it been in Indy? You know, obviously, you know, it's been, it's been kind of rough with yeah. Frank and then then the Jeff Saturday whole ordeal. How was that? The transition, you know, bringing in, uh, obviously, Jeff Saturday. Um, he didn't have a whole lot of coaching experience or anything. So, um, you know, the guys were kind of just, everybody was kind of thrown off a little bit with the hire and, you know, thinking that it's going to be just somebody in-house. And, uh, you know, I mean, when he came in, you know, first team meeting, he had great, great energy, you know, obviously. And you can see why he was a... You know, he did things that he did in his career. Just a leader. You could tell he's a great leader of men. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? He motivated guys. The tempo and practice changed. You know, I feel like guys started practicing with more urgency, um, which was great. Obviously, we came out that week one where he, you know, week, what was it, eight or nine, and uh, beat the Raiders. You know, guys were, you know, filling in and everything. But obviously, you know, when you don't have a coach with a whole lot of experience, but like, you know, they're breaking down offensively. They're trying to find answers. So they're trying to narrow things down in the playbook, you know, so guys can play fast and little things like that. But those things get catch up with you, you know, um, not having a, a really big game plan going into games and narrowing things down. So, I mean, it's the NFL, you know what I mean? So you, 
that, that kind of caught up with us. And, you know, it's just kind of a snowball effect, you know. And that was a tough part, man. And seeing seeing the fight go out of, you know, out of guys so early, you know, halfway through the season, that was that was tough. I mean, it was hard coming into the building. And really, you know, obviously, I'm going to do what I can do to, to help the team. You know, a lot of guys, you know, the, the, the captains on the team, you know, trying to push guys and push ourselves to do the best that we can to help the squad. But at the end of the day, when everybody's not on the same page, it don't matter. I mean, it don't matter. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that, that is pretty. I mean, it's it's tough because you come in with high expectations. You come in, you know, expecting division title. You compete and compete and compete and things go kind of left. Then, then the coach change is demoralizing, and then you're like yep. you're looking for recovery, and then they're they're killing the game plans, and you're like, wait, like they'll figure this out by halftime, like they're going, right. it's you know, the exactly. exactly. They're gonna figure exactly. this out by halftime. It's the league, right? And we got to make some type of adjustments or something. You know what I mean? And yeah, man, it was it was tough, man. It was a it was a grind. It was one of them years you just had to you had to grind through it, right. to right. grind through it. Well, yeah. this is a new year and new hope, new coach Shane. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, did a great job last year and and looks like to looks to be a solid head coach addition. Um, what has he changed about it? You know, obviously it's been OTAs; it hasn't been training camp or right, right, right. You know, anything significant? But how has he been? Man, he's been great. I mean, just seeing the way he's really establishing the culture he wants here, it's kind of like a breath of fresh air. You know what I mean? Around the building, you know, really seeing. You know, he's really getting on. Just the little things, the little details, you know what I mean, that matter. The guys really, you know, we always say it's cliche to say, but it's the, it's all the details, little things that you do each and every day, you know what I mean, to to really build the culture that you want, to to build that winning culture that you want. It was new, obviously. It was a lot for, you know, obviously, even for some vets, it was kind of like, whoa, you know what I mean? Right, right. But I could see what coach was doing, which was like, you know, getting all that nonsense stuff out the way early. So that when it came to training camp, you already knew what time it was. And we're not we're not trying to establish culture. We're not trying to establish any of that little, you know, oh, addressing little things that we should have been addressing back in OTAs. It's already been done. And right. so we're just moving forward and we're really getting the ball rolling. So that's what I've been really loving from him. And just talking to him and, and you know, seeing how his mind works with ball. I mean, guy, I mean, the man is, he's he knows ball. You know, he's all ball which I love. And, you know, he's obviously a, a big offensive-minded guy. And, you know, I'm just seeing what the offense is doing and seeing what he can do, you know, even with uh, with AR back there and even with Garner back there. Um, it's going to be fun to see. You know, um, I'm, I'm just excited to see them uh, put some points up this year so we can really get after it on defense. No question. No question, because y'all still got a lot of talent on that defense. Yeah. Um, obviously, you talked about Anthony, Anthony Richardson, and he's he's been on the hype train, you know, since that – performance at the yeah. guideline how has he been oh yeah man he's been he's been great i mean just seeing him working every day he's made some definitely some good throw some great spectacular throws in practice you know um like any other rookie i mean obviously you know he's still got work to do but i can say one big thing really watching him is his pocket presence you know he really has a good feel for the rush when he's looking downfield, you know, going, being able to extend plays. And, I mean, obviously, with the quarterback position nowadays, I mean, just with the guys rushing the quarterback, I mean, you need a, a you know, kind of a dual-threat quarterback or a quarterback with great pocket presence and being able to extend plays down the field. I mean, that's kind of where the game is going right now. And, you know, having him as is a great addition. I mean, he's 
I mean, shoot, when when he came on his visit to to the Colts, they told me who he was, and I'm like, man, that boy look like a DN, <laughs> right, right. you know, just the way he's the way he's built. I mean, I'm like, but I'm like, bro, he, he could be a DN, but right. you know, he's got all he's got all the attributes to be a great quarterback. You know, he's just got to put the work in. No question, no question. Just like everybody else, you always got to yeah. put the work in. But yeah. uh, it seems like a great yeah. situation for a young quarterback to be in with a new offensive minded mm-hmm. head coach. Uh, so what are your goals for this season? Because, you know, you've been the all-pro. You've been at the top of the game. you got the yeah. second most sacks since you came in the league behind the great Aaron Donald, of course. You know, it just had to be him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right. Exactly, yeah. Uh, you, know, um, you know, man, my thing personally, um, just going through this offseason, my biggest, my biggest thing is just respect. That's my biggest thing right now. Like, I feel like everybody's kind of falling off. And I am I feel like my name's been kind of been falling down the charts in, in defensive tackle play. You know what I'm saying? And I, I feel like I got to remind people who I really am. And, and the other thing is, obviously, obviously I want all pro. I want pro bowl um, for my personal goals. Personally, I want to set a, a record for myself, my, my PR with sacks this year, because I know I can do it. And uh, I've, been, I've been close a couple of, you know, a couple, you know, this past year, definitely because I, I definitely left some out there for show last year. And, uh, you know, that's that's my personal goals, man. I mean, and obviously, like anybody, the main goal is the Super Bowl. But personally, those are my goals for sure. But the first thing is first is that respect. No, no question. You know, it's only gotten out there. You only can get yeah. it out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Exactly. Speaking of disrespect, I don't know if you're still playing Madden. I stopped. I stopped a little while ago. You know, things things started. Getting weird <laughs> nah, Madden, yeah, so. yeah, right, but, right, right. But they they got you as the 13th best de- defensive tackle. I said, okay, stay off the weed. See like, that goodness. That, that, that's what I'm saying. Man. That's what I'm saying, dog. You know, just little things like that. I'm like, okay, you know, you right. just just feel the fire, baby. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and just just little things like that. You know, I was actually talking with well, with my wife before I got on with you. <laughs> She said, you know you're the man, right? I said, you know, I said, I know. She goes, yeah, because like you just said, they got you the 13th best on Madden. She be looking at all the little things. Bro. She's like, I'm mad for it. you. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I, love I love it. Wifey say, I'm about to put oh, the bulletin man, board up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's uh, what I'm saying. So she, she be looking at all that stuff. Like before even I, I even know it. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, word? I'm like, all right, bet, you know? So... Yeah, awesome. it's gonna it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great year. That's awesome, man. I'm 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 excited for you. I, I'm sad that we don't get to see y'all on TNF um this year. That's that's kind of frustrating. I was looking at the schedule. I was yeah, like, come on now. What what we doing, bro? It is crazy, man. I'm I'm like not one primetime game this year. Not one. Like, not even a, they couldn't even give us a Thursday night. Right, that's what man. I, was like, I thought everybody man, at least get. A- I thought that was. By default, by default, I thought everybody had one. I said, Daniel, we couldn't even get a Thursday night. That's crazy, dog. They put it in the preseason. That's what they did. They said, oh, yeah, we're going to slide in the preseason. You good. Man. Right, right. We'll watch y'all in yeah. the preseason. We ain't going to watch y'all the other time. Like, come the heck on, bro. Like, I mean, I get it. I mean, it was – I get it. I get it. Like, last year, no. that was, it was bad. It was bad, but come on, dog. No, it's, it's like, always – and people have bad seasons every year. They still get at least one right. primetime game. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. And yeah. y'all got a young quarterback, like, you know what I mean? Like, I doubt at least, but right. that should be motivation for the team, you know? They, right. You know, I mean, shoot, we start stacking up these wins, they're going to put us on. So, no that's, that's all we got to do. They yeah. start flexing games. Exactly. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate yeah. you, brother. I won't hold you anymore. I know you got to get get to your flight. Always good to see you. Always good to hear from you. And, you know, hopefully we run into each other soon. Oh, yeah. Already. Appreciate you, brother. Thank appreciate you for having you. me, dog. Hope, you, hope the, the fam's doing good. You know what I'm saying? So have a good one, bro. I appreciate it. Hope yours is doing good, too. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.